0: Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret, and, of course, this is Journey into an Unknown World. Every time I do a show, I try to find something interesting that will kind of want you to listen to more of my shows. In fact, there are probably about 85 shows now that you can download from iTunes at Podcasts. Listen to me all day if you want to. (laughs) There's a lot of information. I use this half hour to teach and share what insights and inspirations I have, as well as the many things that I've studied throughout my life. And one of the things that I really seriously would like to talk about is some of the mental issues of illnesses and diseases that we are having these days. So, the first thing I want to talk about is Parkinson's disease because, yes, it is genetic. And, yes, there are throwbacks. I, being British and having an ancestry that was actually well-recorded, can trace PD gene back through my father, my grandmother, her father, and so we hear before it was ever called Parkinson's disease, because Parkinson's wasn't even born, that there were family members who trembled a lot and had what we might call the shakes. And so having that DNA in my system, I was hoping, hey, it's going to miss me. But it didn't. And so when I got to be 35, I started to shake. I had the neck shake, the rolling peel tremble, and diff hips, and choking on water, all these kinds of things were the symptoms, and the doctors in England looked at me and said, yep, you've got it. And then I said, well, what can I do? And they said, well, nothing really. We can give you tranquilizers, but there's not much we can do. It's a matter of time. Just don't get pneumonia. Well, around that time that I manifested it, my father was already shaking and trembling. And my grandma had long passed over, so we didn't have her to worry about. But the interesting thing was that I was going through so many traumatic events in my life at that time, I had children to worry about. I was married to a man that was an alcoholic. And so there was a lot on my plate, as well as being a minister, having to go out and about and help people, doing sermons, and uh, generally making sure my kids got all the different things they needed. Sounds like a poor me story, doesn't it? And that's exactly how I felt. Poor me i felt as though i'd been torn into a thousand pieces and that i'd been scattered around the earth and that nobody knew which piece fitted where and nobody knew that i belonged to anything i felt isolated desolate forgotten insecure and withdrawn yes i didn't want to be here but the tranquilizer's helped And I stopped shaking for a while, but when they wore off, I was shaking worse than ever. And I finally got to a point where I said, why is this happening to me? I'm young, I'm only 37, this shouldn't be happening to me. And it was then that Master Chang, one of my spirit guides, said to me, now that you've asked the question, are you ready to learn the answer? And I said, well, what do I have to do? And he said very calmly, and I remember it so clearly, forget the past. Well, since nobody had banged me on the head, I couldn't really create amnesia. And it wasn't so easy just to say forget the past. I mean, after all, I have kids, a husband who's drunk, and all these things going on day in, day out. How can I forget the past when the current events were reminding me constantly of what had been going on in the past. Well, Master Chang left me to stew on that for a little bit, came back a day or so later, and then he said, well, have you come to a realization of what I said? And I'm like, no, not really. What What do you mean I can't forget the past? He said, I didn't say forget the past in that sense. He said, forget how you felt in the past. Aha. How did I feel in the past? Well, I'm sure I knew. I was going over and over it all the time. You know, he did this, she did that, they went here, this didn't happen, that didn't happen, it should have happened. I feel miserable, I feel sad, I feel neglected, and so on. Yes, I was running a recording of all the emotional feelings I'd had throughout my life And I was living my life daily as though those feelings were happening again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. again. It was an echo, an echo of history, an echo telling me that there was something I'd missed, something I needed to understand. So I had to take time out. I had to take time away from everyone else. And it happened quite by accident. Because, I'll be honest with you, having too many tranquilizers at the time, not knowing when I took or didn't take them, I OD'd. And I clinically died. And when that happened, Master Chang was there to say, Hey, you've hardly started your life. You've been focused on the wrong perceptions. We have to bring you back. And I said, well, you have to give me something, something, some hope. And they said, we will give you that. And all my spirit guides were around me. Well, I recovered, and what they gave me was a trip to India. They took students to India, and it changed my perception. I'd never seen someone squat in the street and just poop right in front of me. And when it happened to me that I had an upset stomach and there was a public toilet with everyone using it, with everybody coming and going and looking, I was embarrassed. I wanted a place to hide. I wanted my little cubicle. And out of the blue, this lady came up, pushed me up into this little gully, took off her sari and held it around me that I could have some privacy to evacuate. I was so grateful. I gave her a month's wages. I couldn't really afford it, but I was grateful. While I was busy behind her sari, the men were calling out, saying things about her body, but she didn't mind. She was so graceful. She even had the paper I needed. Everything was there. When I was done, I hugged her and I said, Thank you. And in that moment as I hugged her, it was as though heaven had hugged me. It was as though I had been given the biggest present, a sense of true love without any part of selfishness. I learned the lesson. I came home and I said to my children, I'm no longer going to say to you, I want you to clean your room out. I'm going to say, your room's untidy. You have a choice. You can clean it or leave it. They looked at me as though I was insane. I didn't clean it. I didn't wait on them. Their rooms got worse until eventually they said, Mom, you haven't done our room. I said, no. And I carried on doing whatever I was doing. Given time, they got the message that if they wanted a tidy bedroom, then they had to do it themselves. That's how life is. If you're stuck right now and you need some guidance and help, some direction and purpose. Write to me, Dr. Margaret RVC at gmail dot com. Dear Margaret M A R G A R E T R for Rogers V for Van C for Coops at gmail dot com, and I'll help you out. You see, there's always someone around somewhere to kind of give us a nudge, give us a sense that there is another world out there beyond the way we see things, that there are new perspectives to have. When I was in India, I stood out like a sore thumb because I was so white and they were all so nicely brown. And I was envious because I wanted to be brown. I wanted the sun to make me brown. Why? because I thought it would make me look healthy, because it would make my skin look better. It's just the way I was told when I grew up, get sunburned, look healthy. But did I need it? Not really. I was definitely not thinking about race, creed, religion, philosophy when I had to use that place. I was thinking about self-consciousness. I was thinking about how other people might think badly of me, that I had to go in public. I was thinking how stupid and idiotic I felt that I was silly and that I'd drunk too much of their juice and it had upset my stomach. I was thinking of all the things I could have done instead of being where I was, places I could have gone where there may have been some toilets. I was not thinking about the right things, was I? I was not thinking in appreciation. I was not thinking in terms of trust that the oneness provides for me. But here I am all these years later, and I remember that Indian woman, and I remember the sacrifice she made and the love that she let me feel that day. And today I hope that I pay it forward in that I try to be as loving with everyone else that I work with in this world because I want them to be happy the way I felt that day. So when we talk about judgment, our opinions, I cringe, if they are negative, why do I worry about whether someone's got almond-eyed shapes or whether someone has darker skin than me or lighter skin than me? I can't spend my time wasting time worrying about things that are ridiculous. Which religion or philosophy is the most that one can find? That's a silly question, isn't it? Because no matter what religion, philosophy you have, you're going to fight for what you believe in and you're going to say mine is the best, just like I did all those years ago. But today, do you know what I'd say? I'd say they're all as good as one another because they all teach us, find your own pathway. Find your own tune. Sing your tune. Sing it loudly, that others may hear it, but don't harm people with it. Unfortunately, at this time, as I'm making this recording, we have a lot of problems in the Middle East. No names mentioned here, because we're not in judgment. But what I am going to say is, if we contribute to what is going on, we put our energy into an event, then we become a part of that event. And as part of that event, we are responsible for what we do. I think it would be much better to feed the poor, to give people clothes, to rebuild our country, and any other country that needs rebuilding with the right things. I do not think it's right to destroy one another in judgment and condemnation, in battle. Whatever it is that you are fighting for, ask yourself, does it suit your soul? And does it flow through your heart without judgment in such a way That you can say that you feel that you have done the best that you can do to the best of your spirit and your soul. When I had Parkinson's disease so long ago, I had to do that. What Master Chang meant was deprogram myself of all my selfish beliefs, of all my ideas about how people should act in my presence how they should praise me and honor and respect me for whatever I'm doing. I was also able to understand that many of my ideas were ideas that I'd been conditioned to believe. My dad's ideas, my mum's ideas, my grandma, grandpa, and on and on. How many people had influenced me to think their way and to believe that their way was the right way? Hundreds, thousands... Eventually, I got to a point where I said to myself, enough, I'm not those people. I never was those people. But then again, who am I? Again, I'm going to say to you, if you've listened to my other shows, please download them from iTunes because they're free podcasts. And if you're listening to this show live, you can see the iTunes and click there and get them. But at the same time, I want to say to you, if you need help, write to me, RVC at gmail.com. And you'll find me on social networks, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. So, friend me, write to me, private message. I'll answer you because, yes, I do do everything myself. Why? Because I'm a living example of what I'm trying to share with you. we each must be responsible for the way we think and the way we feel and how we present ourselves in form to the rest of the world. So when I say that Master Chang said to me I had to deprogram myself of my history, he was actually saying I had to deprogram myself of all the thoughts and emotions that I had made as a result of the influence. Of all those thousands of people who had been in my life, stripped of those people, I was left with the essence of my being. And in that sense, was able to reformulate the way I think, to develop honesty, truth, and to trust myself that no matter what I was doing, I was doing something that was going to be good for myself and for other people. Now, that may sound a little selfish, but the bottom line is that selfishness must come first in order to understand about self, and that when you have learned to go through, pass through being selfish, saying, I want, I want, you're left with, do I really need? And when you start to look at what you think you really need, you start to understand that you don't really need anything, because Everything you want, you find. And when I say find, I mean a knowing, a sense, a something. I needed a new little table. I didn't have any money. I asked the one this, please can I find a little table to put my TV on. I forgot about it. About a week later, I suddenly got the urge to go to Goodwill Shop. There was my table for $2. Painted and put in the room. TV on it, it's been there now for about five years. Serves the purpose, looks nice, and I'm happy. You see, if you ask the oneness for what you want to have in your life, it will come, but it will come with other things. It will develop your creativity, the part of you that is an inventor, the part of you that can be a discoverer of things new. And that's what I did when I started to redevelop my personality and character. I developed the new me. Now let me make a big switch and move over to Alzheimer's. We have a lot of people who are coming down with this. Why? And the simple reason is this. They were never allowed to question their identity. They didn't allow themselves to question their identity. They got stuck in a routine, a regimentation of discipline, rules and regulations, with very strong, firm opinions about self. Now, what happened over time is those complete habits, disciplines, rules, regulations were arcing backwards and forwards across the brain, overstimulating the old brain, causing the old brain, to overproduce and destroy cells. And as a result, the normal arcing of the brain to send messages through the nervous system was basically destroyed because they were too scared, too frightened to break their own rules and the rules of others. And so as the brain deteriorates, In Alzheimer's disease, what we've got is a seclusion, a withdrawal from society. It's like their spirit self is saying, I've had enough of being the puppet on the string for everyone else, including myself. And now I want to spend time in contemplation of images, sounds. You might say, well... How do they know what they're seeing if they've forgotten? But you see, it's not all about they've forgotten. It's just they don't know how to put it into words. Speech. A lot of the things that go wrong with people with Alzheimer's is they don't remember time. And I labeled this time, this show, because I wanted you to understand that in the universal sense, We are taught to follow time. We are taught to get a calendar. We are taught to watch the minutes, the seconds. We want to outsmart, outrun someone, outjump someone at the Olympics. So many, many seconds or whatever they measure things with. How can we be fully omnipresent in the moment and enjoy whatever we're doing when we are asked constantly to please everyone else and put ourselves last on the list. Alzheimer's have been those kinds of people. They have pleased everyone, they have done everything according to the rules and regulations, and now they're just tired of being, with the sense and feeling of being abused, misused, lost, in the miasmas of the world. There doesn't seem to be any room for them. And so it's easier to switch off and just dream. Yes, dream. People with Alzheimer's do dream a lot. And yes, they do spend a lot of time in their spiritual consciousness, which means that their spirit self remembers, but not their conscious mind. So they will awaken and they will say to you something like, oh, Granny was here, when they're talking about Granny who died nearly 80 years prior. Okay? Everyone says, oh, yeah, it's fine, and so on, covers it up. But the truth is, their spirit has seen Granny. So Alzheimer's is a deterioration, a way of saving self to assimilate the history of that life and to reacquaint themselves with their spirit so that when they do pass on, they go gladly into the spirit world with those memories. Dementia. Some parts of the brain are inhibited and restricted because of little things that have happened, as so schismas and whatever has happened with that person, they slowly lose certain parts of their memory but they also can be still very smart in many other aspects. A lot of people who do drugs, alcohol, um, smoking, these kind of people usually start to develop dementia. And of course, that's another whole story. But behind dementia, I want to go into that and say, is the part of brain, the part of self that says, I am afraid throughout my life to stand alone. And I have seen quite a lot of seniors who have had dementia in the last years of their life. And when I've looked back over their lifestyles and the things they've done, they've been pioneers in some field and very secluded in that pioneer journey. They've been locked into um, some kind of investigation or some kind of career that doesn't give them room to enjoy something else. So the brain does not get the amount of stimulation it should get. And so over time, the parts that are overworked start to deteriorate, and that's when we start to notice they're not as sharp as they used to be. In fact, given more time, they've forgotten all about that particular career or thing they were bothering about, and they're now fussing around about something else. During that time, they're giving themselves an opportunity to reprocess and think about doing something creative. And whatever they do in a creative sense, it could be simple like I had one old lady who loved to keep going shopping and buying the useless things that nobody wanted and then going about town and giving them to people. And everybody would say, oh, thank you, and take it. And I remember when... She came to me, she gave me a clothes pack, just one clothes pack. I thought, well, that's weird, where's the rest? But I didn't say anything to her. I just said, oh, thank you so much. And she had a cup of tea and told me about a few of the locals and things that were going on. And I said to my children, she's losing it a little bit more. We have to watch out for her. And then I I um, said goodbye and shut the door and forgot about her. The next day, she turned up again with the remainder of the pigs, apologized and said, I didn't realize I only gave you one. You see, when she dug down in her bag, the one came off and she just gave me the one. The remainder were all pegged onto a piece of cardboard still in her bag. So this is the kind of thing that happens with dementia. They don't think or realize it in the moment, but in retrospect, they can pull back some memories and they can understand something. So these are people who have learned to stand on their own, and the brain will still try, that middle brain, that old brain, will still try to take up charge of their life and take control of what they're doing. But if they're codependent on uh, some kind of substance abuse, then they're going to have a hard time, and that makes it a hard time for the relatives. So once again, I've spent a lot of time teaching you and sharing, and I hope that you've enjoyed this show. I would please invite you to go to my website, sumaricenter.com, and opt in, sign in, tell me what you're interested in, and your name and your email, And do the little thing that says that you are a real person. And then when I have enough people, I am going to teach one whole hour online for only $35. No tricks, no extra baubles and bangles. Just me teaching you about one of the subjects that I have done these 85 shows on. So go through the list and see what appeals to you. Let me know. Tell me, I liked that particular show, and it it was really uh, something that was right for me at that time because I'm dealing with something. And I would like to focus on that and do one hour with you working on me with other people as well. Yes, I can help several people at once. So I have lots of things to share, and lots of things to give you. I'm working on getting this together for you, and I hope that I will have something in format by September. So until then, don't forget, write to me, Dr. Margaret, RVC at gmail.com. Be happy, be well, and enjoy every second because it's all in your life, your time.